0: Hello, and welcome to the IWIB Female Factor Podcast. IWIB stands for International Women in Business. We are a network based in Stockholm, Sweden, and every month we'll have a guest. These are businessmen, businesswomen, professionals, business leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs from different countries and industries who will share their career journeys and unique perspectives with us they will also share who are the women behind their success which we call the female factor welcome hi everyone Tati Lottiger your hosting today's episode um, you will be listening back to the story of Sean George a New Yorker with Caribbean roots who is a hedge fund manager um, Sean actually lived in Sweden uh, when he moved with his mother at the age of 12. Then after growing up in Sweden, he moved back to the U.S. and he had a very successful career in finance. And after decades of working overseas at firms like UBS Group, Bank of America, Deutsche Bank, he broke a two-year-long silence on why he was forced to go solo with his fund in Stockholm in 2018. After not getting even one job interview. So his story was covered by the Bloomberg and it was extremely personal for him. So listen back, get inspired. And I actually had to spoil one thing. And this is that uh, by the time this story is airing, this episode, Sean is actually shutting down his $100 million hedge fund to move to London. So listen back and I hope you get inspired. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the IWB Talks and Podcast. Uh, Please share the story behind your article at the Bloomberg and why do you question Sweden's price egalitarian credentials, which I also do, but I'm interested in your story and why it has um, caused such an uproar in the Swedish media. Please tell us about what made you write such a personal story.
1: It's, um, it's it's Sweden is a is 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 one of the most peculiar job markets that I've been involved in. So I worked in, uh, in the US um, in the Midwest and uh, in New York and uh, worked in London uh, and now I work in Sweden. Um, what inspired me to uh, and Bloomberg wrote it uh, and, and despite what the headline says, uh, they actually approached me three months ago to write an article about this issue in Europe. Uh, and then once they started investigating, uh, it became very clear to them that they needed to write uh, at least one article, uh, if you want to read it between the lines, uh, about what's going on in Sweden, because Sweden stuck out um, in a negative way uh, versus the rest of Europe. Um, when I came back, so, so, you know, my background is, uh, I was a global head of trading uh, at, at some three of the world's largest banks. Uh, I had one and a half trillion dollars of risk on in the global financial crisis and I made money. Um, um, so, you know, I'm managing director, uh, global header of trading, uh, serious roles, made billions of dollars for US institutions over the course of a two decade career. And I couldn't get an interview. And uh, you know, I went to the best headhunter in, in Sweden because I, I still had a job. Uh, in London uh, and I couldn't get an interview. And then somebody connected me with one of the, uh, a very senior person at one of the uh, largest Swedish banks. And uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I actually read the email dialogue the other day uh, and, I, and I had a cu- cup of coffee with him and I gave him my CV and there was not a single person in that organization that wanted to interview me. Uh, and 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 it just, and one of the groups <laughs> was, was was basically trading credit derivatives, and and I have I have a I have a thing on my wall here. Uh, I did the first hundred million dollar trade in the credit derivative index. I was the first hundred million dollar trade ever uh, in the beginning of the product when it started. And this is what this guy used to hedge the bank. And he said, <laughs> and he and he said it in a group email, which which was just very made it very clear to me what what, what, what was going on. Um, he said, I won't have a job and I won't have a job for you. And I don't have a job and I won't have a job for you. And I'm like, so you are trading something I helped justify its existence. Uh, I was a global head of trading for the product. I had a trillion hand, and you don't even want to talk to me. And, and, you, and you know today that you won't have a job for me in the future. Um, um, and uh, it, it was rather eye-opening. I remember exactly where I was standing when I got the email because I actually sat down and, like, like I had to like take it in that okay, you this can't is feel actual-
0: it. What year was that? What year?
1: That was two thousand and sixteen.
0: Oh my gosh! I thought you were going to say two
1: thousand six. No, no, two thousand and sixteen. Uh, and and so so, and then I just thought to myself. Uh, you know excuse my friends fuck them and and i spoke to spoke to my friend and i uh i bought part of a company and 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 i i'm going head to head uh and last year we were nominated for the hedge fund of the year in europe uh beating so for two years in a row we've beat beat, you know essentially you know 99 of uh, all the funds in Sweden last year. We beat all of them. Uh, uh, the year before, we beat you know everyone except for three. Um, so so uh, you know we got to the hundred million dollar milestone in November. Um, and you know I was talking to and what, what what what's interesting in this this global dialogue that the Bloomberg story created. You know I'm talking to you know some of the biggest asset managers in the world, names like household names. And there, are my my Bloomberg screens lighting up when this story came out, um, and these these are people that invest into these same banks and have gotten ESG questions from them in the past. And and to a man, is it true you could not get an interview? And the answer is yes. And and you know, I didn't go into terrible detail on the situation, um, but um, but it is a very you know, the story's not about me, the mission's not about me, but when I put it out there with my CV that I can't get in any view, then what if you don't have my CV? How hard is it for you then? And, and for the people that are Swedish on this call, I speak perfect, perfect Swedish. I'm fluent Swedish. I write fluent in Swedish. I went to a Swedish college. So, you know, it, it, like, you know, so it, it, it's not a question of that. Uh, there's not, there, there's no redeeming, portion of this story where um i'm not qualified to get a single job in sweden
0: yeah because my insecurity is that my swedish is not perfect so it's not even that
1: no it's not has nothing to do with swedish i speak perfect write, and speak perfectly fluent swedish um, uh, i write better in english but whatever um, um, so so i knew the issue and then over the course of being here uh, minority students have contacted me and you know noticed me on LinkedIn or whatnot and and, and you know asked me for for guidance and I had this one kid uh, he was a professional basketball player uh, and then he went to college uh, great grades and he couldn't get an interview in Sweden and he I uh, was writing his thesis and I said come up here you can, you can use the data sit in my office so I could like get a better understanding of the student uh, because I recognized myself in him. Uh, from 1996 when I couldn't get an interview. And, you know, I think about the lost tax dollars on a corporate level with the billions of dollars I made in my trading career, plus the tax dollars I paid on, on my income tax, right? So, and I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, okay, it's me. I mean, it's, it's, he, he is me in, in a nutshell. Um, and uh, so I, I say, would you move to London? He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely move to London. See, I get him two interviews one at BNP and one at Goldman Sachs. And both Goldman Sachs and BNP are like, make sure he comes here. And I told him I Goldman Sachs, in my opinion, was better than BNP. And he's an absolute superstar at Goldman Sachs right now. Uh-huh. So I got confirmation that this is, this is not just a senior, you know, senior people protecting themselves. Because, you know, I do think in my, I, I don't think in my instance, it was, It was racism in any way, shape, or form. It was protectionism. My CD coming across your desk, of course, that guy didn't want to interview me, right? Because if we get into a technical discussion about CDS, like, you know, I was one, it's it's like, you know, I I helped develop the product into what it is today. Um, um, But then on, on the junior level, I'm like, all right, fine, I can create my own role and I can create my own space and I can raise my own money outside of Sweden on my name. But this kid, he didn't have a chance. There was zero interviews. Mm-hmm. Two interviews, two job offers, a food fight for the same person. So so what I decided was that last year it was, you know, yeah, I mean, to, to give a context. In March, all my competitors in Sweden were down between 15 and 25 percent. I was down one and a half percent, and I was up the following month two and a half percent. So, you know, 30 days later, after the biggest thing that we've seen since the financial crisis, I was up on the year, and I I, I kept a, a good portion of that lead into the end of the year. I was nominated for the Hedge Fund of the Year. I was I had the best risk-adjusted returns in Europe and the second best absolute returns in Europe. Ladies,
0: learn um, from this man how to yeah. sell yourself. This is <laughs> no, it's no, no. This, this is not selling. No, no, no. This, no this but is, this is something yeah. that you Swedes are not used to hear, and the 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 is, is is I I think is completely um, you know um, you, you need to question it because otherwise how can we know who you are if you don't say it yourself. And and yeah, please go on. Yeah. I don't want to
1: interrupt. And you. so, so a lot of times, these issues, when they're brought up, they're not brought up from a position of strength.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: fear. So, because I don't want, I don't need anything, I don't want anything. But I'm I'm telling you my story without asking for anything. I know not needing anything, mm-hmm. and then it be, it becomes the story that it's become, right? Sgt calls, Sweaters Water calls you know, newspapers from all over the world are calling to talk about this because wait a minute, this guy had a proven track record in the US. He has a proven track record doing what he's doing now. It's definitely not him. What is, what is creating, what is, what is wrong with a system where an extremely high achiever over 25 years can't get an interview? And, and what I've done now, is put the focus on the college students. Mm. Because right now, that same issue, this this well, I, had a, I had a kid, so I have three students that I'm NT now. So that's basically over 100% of our employees are, 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 are people that are, 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 are trainees. All three of them, um, I got from the Stockholm School of Economics or, and uh, Lund. Um, all three of them, minorities. All three of them had a problem, problems getting interviews. Uh, all three of them are amazing. Um, I got them an executive coach. I got a media training from Trader TV. And I spend a lot of time sending them jobs that they can apply for in Sweden. Uh, I built a database of 400 employers in Western Europe that I've distributed to the colleges. Because these. if you have a dream that you want to do something, It is not Sweden's right. There's zero justification to not let these students pursue their dream based on some criteria that has nothing to do with potential intellect or potential performance. I am proof of that. I've placed several people into international investment banks. I have hundreds of messages from people internationally that have experienced the same thing. So I'm sending Hopefully, I'll be sending students that are my profile out into Western Europe at mass. Mm -hmm. Um, But these trainees that I'm working with now—I placed one of them. Got a job at a big um, private bank here in in Sweden yesterday. He was basically in tears. He could not get an interview three months ago, and so so you know I'm, I'm working I'm working this on multiple levels, but. The the, the 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 ultimate goal on me saying, hey, if I can't get an interview, they can't get an interview. And here's the data um, on, because Sweden's hiding behind the fact that they're not allowed to track that data. Okay, fine. You're not allowed to track the data, but OECD did it for you. You're almost last. Yes. Out of 39 nations. Hmm. So now we have the data. So, so... Whatever you want to say, because we like there's, empir- there's enough empirical em- 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 evidence that that was going on. Like there, there's there's tons of people that you know, you know, people are like oh Sean's a one-off. Okay, then what is the OECD data saying? Mm-hmm. If I'm a one-off, why are you ranked almost last of, of the OECD nations 100%. on the on this issue? Uh, so it's important for that OECD um, report to come out. Um, and, and, and say, take that guard down and saying, oh, we can't track it, so we'll pretend it doesn't exist when there's so much evidence that it does. Um, the bright side of this story um, is on, uh, on Monday, I have, so, so, so last week I got a call with the head of human resources for a large uh, Nordic bank,
0: mm.
1: and I'm helping them design the diversity inclusion program.
0: Oh, that's amazing. That is and, something on Monday,
1: that... and on Monday, I have a call with another Nordic bank doing that. I will tell you this, none of them are Swedish banks.
0: Again, why is that? I mean, are you- But,
1: but banks from outside of Sweden in the Nordics are contacting me and saying, hey, this is great. We, we don't have experience. And, and for reference, I did my first diversity and inclusion uh, recruiting trip in 1997. So this is not something I, I just you know, said, hey, this is wrong. I know the, 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 the positive impacts that mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion have on an organization, particularly in finance. No. And the story that, that I told a government agency here is, y- you have to realize there was, so I couldn't get an interview in Sweden. From 2017 and on, I said that the Swedish credit market was unstable and unfit for purpose, and that it it possessed a systemic risk to funding of the nation. Mm. And people are like, yeah, whatever, you're wrong, you're wrong. I wrote an op-ed in October of 19, saying that the Swedish credit funds would gate, i.e. not allow you to take your money out in the next crisis. On March 23rd, 2020, Thirty-five Swedish credit funds wouldn't let you take your money out. It is an epic amount of funds on a global perspective for the size of Sweden. Wait a minute. So this guy that you wouldn't even get given an interview called this three years before it happened. The central bank had to step in and start buying corporate bonds to rescue the market. That is the definition of why diversity and inclusion is so important because you are going to get other views. Exactly. That the people that grew up on the same street, went to the same college, all work in the same four banks are not gonna see. My experiences are wildly different.
0: There's not this holistic view of things. If you don't include others, that of course will enrich your, your views and your vision
1: and protect your organizations in particularly financial organizations because mm-hmm. there's a guy from Pakistan and a guy from South Africa and a guy from you know Argentina trading trading stuff and have been and there they, ha- they yeah, have exactly. and they
0: have they know what is coming they know how to you know
1: and we've been in those and the, think about it like you know the the trading desks in New York and London don't look like a united colors of Benetton ad for, for the fun uh, of it exactly. Banks are in it for money Hmm. They know that they make more money with diverse groups.
0: Are you focusing only talking to the uh, banking uh, sector? Are you in touch with maybe the public Swedish sector?
1: Because I think well, the that's- public Swedish sector is
0: the same thing.
1: Like I mean, it is a pervasive. Sixty percent of jobs are filled in Sweden through referrals. Yes. So 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 I clearly didn't have a referral, but does it mean I suck? No,
0: it doesn't. (laughs) No, and the referral can be good, but then at the end of the day, is the- But they're excluding by definition. Exactly. In my case, you know, I am a lawyer born in Colombia, went to the U.S., did my master's in international business and trade law, applied for the, uh, sit for the New York bar exam, met my husband, moved to Sweden, and hit a wall right Mm -hmm. there. I was- Going behind my husband, <laughs> he asked me, do not go to Arbets for Meningen, you know, the employment mm-hmm. office. Do not go there. That is only for immigrants. You know, that is only, mm-hmm. and I said, well, you know, and he's like, no, 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 believe me, don't go there. I didn't believe him, went there and they offered me a job at, um, I think it was McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And the other job was at uh, Forex. you know, it's like this mm-hmm. Western Union. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'm a lawyer, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an international business lawyer. What do you have, like law firms? They were like, no, no, no but you're from Colombia. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, what does he have to do? I,
1: I watched my mom work as a janitor because of that same thing. Unbelievable. And then so, so I- I've, I've known of this since I was 12.
0: This is. Well, and, 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 but but the thing watch is, watch
1: and the, the yeah. frustrating part about this is Sweden pretends like this is not the case where, as every, everybody knows, this is the case. And that's why this story is, quite frankly, embarrassing.
0: It is embarrassing. This is
1: because Sweden projects itself as this shining, shining, you know, nation on a hill. But if you, if you drill down, it's pretty bad. I mean, this is a country where literally your your taxi driver is probably a surgeon.
0: A doctor, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, we all love this country. You know that, That's the thing. I, I I married a Swedish guy, I have Swedish kids, but the system is broken. There is something in the system that I don't know how can we help break because I do want to help. And the International Women in Business was born out of this friction, you know? Mm. They said, um, and this is the Stockholm Chamber of Commerce supporting this network and they supported all the way and i think it's because at the beginning there was this they couldn't believe that there was a a lot of international talent that will be able to have a network like this they said i don't think there is enough people to join your network and i was like i know a lot of people like (laughs) and they're like i don't think so can you at least bring 10 people i was like at least 10 Game people. On. Of course I can bring <laughs> at least 10 people. We started seven. We are over 250 today. And this includes right. tweets coming back from, you know, uh, you know uh, Asia, you name it. Mm-hmm. That they have this reverse um, cultural clash, you know? And I'll tell
1: you, there's a, there's, a, there's a Swede that I know. Uh, he was a right-hand man to one of the most successful hedge fund managers in the world. His mother was sick. He resigned from that hedge fund, came home. And this guy, I put him on the top pedestal from an intellectual perspective. He could not get a job in Sweden for two years. He just moved back to London. He called me, he called me he's like, hey, you want to come and join me at X hedge fund? Uh, I just started a macro group here. I gave up on Sweden. You know how much money that costs this country? Yes. This guy is Swedish. Yeah. He, 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 he sat here for two years, couldn't get a job. He went from the biggest hedge fund in New York to the biggest hedge fund in London, but in between he couldn't get a job in Sweden. And he's Swedish, so it's, it's not a racial or cultural thing. It's if you are not invented here, y- your experiences outside of Sweden are immediately not trusted and discounted.
0: I have a friend graduated from Georgetown University and the recruiter was like, what is that? What, what, what? But don't you have a, a Swedish diploma? And she was like, I have a diploma from Georgetown University. I'm a lawyer from there. They're like, yeah, but what is your Swedish diploma? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really serious. I mean, uh, and it, it will only backfire in Sweden, you know, because the idea is that this is an amazing, innovative country. Mm-hmm. And they can do much more than they have done already. On top,
1: resources just bleeding out of thunder.
0: Yes, is great. And, and,
1: and, that, and that literally is to the banks, my pitch. Hmm. You want more innovation. You want higher employee satisfaction. You want to make more money. Use the resources that are here. They're and they have the power the to do
0: it. They have Absolutely. the power to do it. It's so literally is, from the banks is up. a button push. Yeah, exactly. You are starting here. The influencing is coming from, you know, up. But, you know, to the bottom. Um, we, uh, we we are almost uh, getting into the 30 minutes, uh, but I'm, I'm sure that people will have questions for you. I don't know, Marjorie, have you gotten any questions? Do you want to, to add something else uh, uh, out of your article? What happened at the end of the article? What happened, I guess, when you hit the scent about your article, that must be that must terrifying you in a very vulnerable place.
1: Yes. It was terrifying. Uh, I, I probably never been, I probably never felt worse mentally. And this is a person that I had one and a half trillion dollars of risk on when Lehman went bankrupt. Right. Um, it, it, um, it was very difficult. Um, but you know, you know, I spoke to my mom, my dad, my family, my friends, you know, everybody had my back. It was like, listen, you're doing the right thing because if, if it, th- this debate needed somebody like me to, to out it.
0: And the timing was really convenient because if the pandemic has opened up this, you know, uh, humanity mm-hmm. people. And I think um, that's why I think has had such an impact um, in, in many people that have seen your article.
1: But, but also like, it, it, like, if it's not now, it's probably never. Right. And, 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 for, and, and for me, it, it, it is we are every day that goes by, somebody's dream is crushed. Yes, indeed. And I don't want to live in that world where I I had to take a risk to change lives for others. And I wasn't comfortable with it at all. <laughs> but 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 I but I knew what I had to do. Um, and and listen, I'm, I've gotten you know I've gotten hate mail and you know racists and people attack and and, and like whatever I, I mean it, it is yeah you know yeah I'm a bit of martial artist my entire life bring it it's like so it, it's it, it, it's uh, it's it's it's
0: worth taking the risk you know it, it's it,
1: worth taking the risk because yes. it, it, as as a good friend of mine at UBS that was here he said if you change this. This is the most important thing that you will have done in your entire life.
0: It's your legacy.
1: Yeah. This is and then it's legacy. It, and everything is like, I'm doing my best to change the life opportunities of for future brothers. generations, including yeah. my children.
0: You're focusing on the young generation. I'm focusing on those women that married sweets and mm-hmm. then we yeah. come here, hit the wall, and all mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. education and talent yeah. is. Uh, zoom down to love refugee I'm not a love refugee I'm sorry I am not I'm an international business lawyer that happened that married a Swedish guy and lives in Sweden that's it um but let's open the floor for questions now um Marjorie
1: yeah, definitely. We, me and Teddy before this were saying that this is going to be a, a topic that people are very passionate about. <laughs> definitely got people talking. <laughs> uh, my initial reaction was that this is something that happens in today's society, being a woman anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's definitely uh, got, I think a lot of our members can can relate to this. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was planning to pause for the discussions I don't know if I yeah. should uh, keep the recording going I will pause it so people can just mm-hmm. it. so that was an amazing presentation Sean thank you so much let's go now to the beginning where were you born I know you said that you're from the U.S. but I think you're from a very exotic part of the world the Caribbean mm-hmm. where were you born And how was your journey to um, finance banking and all the things that you have been doing for the past, I guess, 20 years?
1: Uh, So so I was born in New York, mostly because my parents lived on the island of St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands and hospitals were not great in 1972. Uh, So my parents uh, flew up to my grandmother's uh, in New York. Uh, So I was born in Brooklyn, New York, Um, but uh, lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands and in Miami uh, until I was 12. Uh, and most of my family is from Barbados. So it's Barbados, Jamaica, uh, um, St. Lucia is where, where the family's from. Um, I did one of those DNA tests and it, it, I'm, you know, a definition of a month. Um, um, I have and, over and,
0: 57 yeah. my DNA, so yeah, I hear you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, and then my parents got divorced uh, when I was seven, uh, my mom, uh, married a Swede, Sweden. My dad married a Dane, believe it or not. So, I mean, yeah, from, from <laughs> St. Croix to married Swede Sweden, a Dane is, is pretty much statistically impossible. Um, but that did occur. So I moved to Sweden when I was 12, um, to a little town called Hindos. Uh, I was the first non-Swedish student to ever go to the school, uh, which was, which was pretty amazing. They actually put me in the regular class, um, so I remember I was sitting in, um, in French class and uh, I was looking out the window and the French teacher really yelled at me because I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, I- I'm sorry, but I don't speak Swedish and I don't speak French, so I have no clue what's going on in this room right now. And she just kind of stared at me. She was like, oh, my God that's right he doesn't understand anything I didn't understand a word that was being said in that room mm-hmm. um so then they're like ah, man we need to teach him Swedish before he put him in French <laughs> I class. Thought you were
0: going to say I was just watching the snow first time in my life no, but it was not I even had, that was, yeah I had no idea what was going no on
1: so, so I was looking out the window right <laughs> um so, so we, which is you know a very very different time you know in, in, in Sweden's um, immigration uh, situation, um, and obviously it was you know at that point in time it was it was a lot easier being an American because I mean I was the first foreign student in American and, and Cosby's was a big show on TV so it was yeah. cool um, uh, and then I uh, I, I went uh, I graduated I got my degree from uh, University of Gothenburg um, and. Uh, I had uh, no interviews in Sweden. Uh, I had three interviews in New York, uh, one for Bankers Trust, which is Deutsche Bank now, um, one for Payne Weber, which is owned by uh, UBS now, and one for a company called Cannon Fitzgerald. I was offered the job at at, at Payne Weber and I was offered the job at Canter Fitzgerald and the lady at uh, Deutsche Bank Bankers Trust told me I'd never get a job on Wall Street. That was my first interview um, Mm. because I didn't have any uh, internships and I didn't have I didn't go to Harvard. Mm. But there's a funny story that I'll I'll connect at the end. Uh, uh, So I took the job at Canter Fitzgerald, Uh, knock on wood, uh, I left just before 9-11. So I worked on the 104th floor uh, of the North Tower. So my everybody I worked with died on 9-11. Over 600, uh, 600 of my co-workers died. I was actually uh, through the Bloomberg terminal, which you can see behind the IB system. The phones were down, but the IBs were still working. And uh, I, yeah, don't wish this upon my worst enemy. I mean, the, I made contact. and I was happy because of that. But the, the, the discussions thereafter were goodbyes. Really, then so you
0: really know that you have a purpose. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed, to that. Yes, yeah, yeah, supposed to be done. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so and then uh, yeah, I worked um, you know some of the biggest banks in the world. So I was you know one of the uh, you know the first traders of the CDS indexes, which are you know a cornerstone of the credit markets now. Um, I you know I was global head of trading. Um, you know through the financial crisis and one of the products that was at the very center of the financial crisis, credit default swaps. I um, um, you know, worked at Deutsche Bank, UBS, Jefferies, Bank of America. Um, and then um, life happened. Uh, I got divorced in 2014 and my ex-wife, is Swedish, I went to high school with her. Um, uh, she wanted to move home and then my daughter was eight. was uh, like, all right, I'll take a transfer to London. Uh, and I thought I'd be able to commute back and forth and be a dad, you know, have my you know, old job uh and everything would be fine. And you know, only only people that were happy with that setup was British Airways and SAS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, I, was, I was on my knees. It was, it was exhausting uh trying to do that. So then I started to look for a job in Sweden. Uh, I couldn't get a single actual interview uh, for a job for six months. Uh, and then I hooked up with the people here. Uh, I bought a, bought a stake in one of, one of their, their companies and uh, basically put my way uh, in, into a job uh, and um, and uh, have you know have this fund now that, that, that has just reached a you know, major milestone last year of a you know, hundred million dollars uh, and you know because we had such a good year. We had we had some inflows. We were nominated uh, for the best hedge fund in Europe by EuroHedge, Hedge, uh, which is uh, you know, it's the Oscars uh, for my business. i mean I had a tux on that night, and I was I don't think I've ever been that disappointed <laughs> when we didn't win. Yeah, it would, it would have been a dream come true. But we had the best risk-adjusted returns in Europe for 2020, which was a, obviously a rough year. And then we had the best um, the, the best sharp ratio. So our the second best um, absolute returns. Uh, so, so that that's my journey uh, in, in, in a nutshell as quickly as I,
0: could, I but can. But that's say. an amazing journey. How that little kid that had no clue, you know, when the teacher asked, came, you know, to be this successful man in, in banking. Uh, were, were, were you like that since you were a little? I mean, I, I'm really bad in math. So I knew I will never be successful in the banking mm-hmm. or economic, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, sector. Were, who was that... Um, person or experience that make you go into, you know, the hedge fund world and were you selling things in school? <laughs> Where does it, that come from?
1: Uh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So, so I, I didn't come for money, obviously, and um, and um, I, you know upper middle class, call it. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, my parents didn't have money to send me on ski trips and I love to snowboard. And in, in high school, um, the company called uh, STS. Uh, they, they, they went out and said they were trying to get kids to sell trips um, to, the, to the Alps. And they, they, they go, if you sell 10 trips, you get one trip. And if you sell 10 trips before this date, you get a, a trip to Austria in December. So my buddy and I are like, all right. So we went out and hired 15, 20 people. And said, if you sell 12 trips, you get one trip. So we literally broke their system. We had, I think, three or four bus loads of students going down to Chamonix every year.
0: And this was not and even online booking. It no, was like no, no, no.
1: We were doing like with the shoestring phone. Uh, and 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 uh, my my buddy actually they 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 actually they're like, you guys are making too much money. I was like, but. I think these people are paying for trips. How much money are you making? <laughs> and they actually ended up hiring my buddy. He became the head of sales there. Um, um, but uh yeah, so I've been always been, you know, creative uh in, in trying to to, to find uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's a beautiful story. Um, and, and now going to uh, the end of our day to the, together today with the IWIB Talks and Podcasts, who are those women that make a positive impact? Who, who are those women behind the female factor in your life?
1: I mean, it's unequivocally my mother. Um, I watched her, you know, swallow her pride to put food on the table uh, for me, uh, you know, cleaning, cleaning toilets on an airplane, although she had a college degree and, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, highly educated and proud Jamaican woman uh, doing what she need to do um, it to, to 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 make to make ends meet uh, uh, in Sweden. So, so you know, for me, when people, you know, there was somebody on LinkedIn. It was like, you know, you're you're just seizing the opportunity to talk about this. this is this is good for you? And uh, I mean, dude, if you want to know the, and I try to like to say, I'll call and tell you the truth, like. It was painful to watch my mother do what she needed to do to provide for me
0: in a broken um, system because she couldn't. It, was it wasn't her fault. Better than that, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And 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 so 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 when 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 these discussions come up and I engage these institutions, they don't understand the deep rooted understanding of the systemic issues that I have that I, I grew up with my mother, running a real estate business with my father in the West Indies and in Florida. Right. And she's cleaning toilets in Sweden? I know. Yeah,
0: that's the reality.
1: And, and, then, and that's just, you know, so for me, the context is enormous. Mm. Yeah. And I do not want a single other person to have to deal with that. And so that therefore, I'm doing what I'm doing. She is
0: now very proud of you. I I mean Uh, she goes crazy. Oh (laughs) you
1: you know a a Jamaican mom. That's (laughs) right. I can imagine that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is amazing. Well, just a last thought to end our episode with you, Sean George, today, please. What would be the takeaway for everyone listening today?
1: That everybody has a role to play. You don't always like that the coach calls you off the bench. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and puts you in the situation. I don't like to be in this situation. I'd rather not be in this situation, but I have the opportunity to make a change. You know, it doesn't have to be on, I was talking to a friend of mine that manages $200 billion. He's like, I wish I could be more like you on that stuff. I was like, dude, like just do it. And and everybody has a different, you know, it, it doesn't have to be on a, on a large scale, which I'm attempting here. It can be on, on whatever you're, Whatever you can do, the movement is here. The movement is now. Um, The the intuitive situation is that the more people that speak up and speak to it, like even if it's just telling your Swedish friends, I want to tell you what it is to be me. Mm -hmm. That's doing something. Because this is an awareness program. the banks are aware of what's going on um, but this is also a pressure program for them to actually do something about it Um, so it's you know from my perspective before any of this came out I had private calls because I'm an investor in some of these banks about these issues um, and they were not responsive at all and then obviously then the dialogue and the situation changed dramatically when I turned the international press into our or turned turned or gave the international press the data. These are the facts. This is cons- contextual. This is the context, this is the reality. And if you don't believe it, this happened to me. Hmm. And so so I think everybody has their little thing that they can do um, and, and and when together we're going to make a change. And listen, listen, this is the most hopeful I've been since I was a 12-year-old boy watching my mother clean toilets instead of selling real estate in the the West Indies in Miami.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Sean George, for being with IWIB uh, Female Factor Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can read the description or you can also go to our website wwwiwb.online you can also follow us on instagram at iwbbusinessnetwork until next time